Welcome back, everybody, to Locked On Blue Jackets. Exciting, exciting episode today. It's a lot of theories, but we have some stuff on the coaching carousel and where the Blue Jackets are riding on it. That's up next today on Locked On Blue Jackets. Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Hayden Heilsorn, and with me is my co-host, Jay Foster. We're here to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of your favorite team and ours, the Columbus Blue Jackets. But before we get started, thank you all for making this your first listen today. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and even the SiriusXM app. All right, Jay. It is... We don't have a coach right now. The Blue Jackets do not have a coach. So it feels like as fans, we were just doing this, going through the list of names, trying to decide, you know, who's who, who's what. But here we are two years later doing it again. And the same guys, some same names are in the mix. And one of them that I jokingly threw out the last time we talked about coaches was Mike Babcock. And we have confirmed the Blue Jackets have interviewed a one Mike Babcock. Now this is uh, controversial because of the way that he ended things in Toronto and kind of some other things that have came out in his career about what he's done with certain players, specifically in Detroit and Johan Franzen and uh, in Anaheim with Mike Commodore. But Jay, just you, everybody has their thoughts on Mike Babcock. I'll let you, I'll let you get yours out right now when you saw the Blue Jackets were interviewing him. Yeah, for me, this is such a hard no. And like I said that the last time we talked about him, and I still believe that. And I think there's a lot of people that talk about, oh, so you don't believe in second chances and what happened to moving on and that happened years ago and maybe he's a different person, blah, 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 you know? And like, no, I do believe in second chances and I do believe that people can grow and change. I don't believe that Mag Babcock has. Um, I think it was like a year after he got fired by Toronto, he sat down with some insider and like, gave his token apology and said that he'd learn a lot uh, in his time away from the game, et cetera, but he didn't sound super sincere. And I don't know. I just, I feel like his brand of coaching is a brand of coaching that is dying out in, in the NHL. And it feels a little bit like my worry with the, and this is something I've kind of been putting into work. I've only recently managed to put into words myself. <clears throat> I worry that the Blue Jackets are going to swing too hard back around. So they try, They did the thing with Tortorella, and then before that was Todd Richards, who was very much a player's coach, wanted to be liked, wanted to be friends. Tortorella was the opposite. They swung right back around to the player's coach with Brad Larson, and now I worry that they're swinging all the way right back around to um, a guy like Babcock. And, like, I get it. The coach should not be the player's friend. The coach should be the coach. You know, he is their, he's not their boss, technically, but there's a layer of, like, responsibility there. And I think if you are friends with the players, then that stops you from being able to make tough decisions sometimes. That being said, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Mike Babcock's right. I think for a very young team, a very impressionable team, I think Mike Babcock, Mike Babcock comes in here, 
stomps all over kind of this brand new kind of fledgling attitude that this team and identity that this team is kind of starting to build after, you know, it's been a rough couple of seasons in Columbus. And it feels like they're very, that now they're starting to find their way to having an identity again that they haven't really had since the early-ish days of John Tortorella. And I just don't know that Mike Babcock is the right choice. Um, like I've, I've spoken at length before about how I'm tired of just recycling the same 35 men over and over and over. Like, give someone new a shot. Like, Mike Babcock, yes, he was a very, very good coach. But that was in Detroit in the early 2000s, all the way up to, what, 2014, I want to say-ish. That's almost 10 years ago now. The game has changed a lot since then. Mike Babcock's been out of the out of the coaching game for, what, three, four years? I don't remember when he got... Uh, November 2019, he got fired. So near enough, it'll be four years if they hire him. That's a long time to be out of the game. And I just, I don't know that he's still got, I don't think, I don't think, I don't know that we can recreate the success he had with um, Detroit and with Anaheim here in Columbus now in 2023 with the NHL the way it is, with the team built the way it is. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see a fit. And that's even not, not even going into the, the off ice issues that I have with my Babcock. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's, po- it's polarizing because, He's a name that has terrorized hockey for good and for bad for Canadian hockey fans. I'm sure. Yeah. You go up North Jay and outside of Ontario where there's I'm sure a lot of Leafs fans. I think a lot of people have nice things to say about Babcock just because of he's a Canadian hockey legend. Uh, so when you, th- yes, I totally agree. I'm sick of the same names floating in and out every single year. And I think we need to get new guys in the mix. That's really important. But I don't think Babcock – I don't look at Babcock as the same level as a Peter LaViolette. I, I feel like Babcock sticks out because he's done it. He's, he's won a championship. I know that was years ago with a stud team. Um, but he almost won back-to-back. I'm not giving him credit. He blew game seven, didn't, didn't beat the Penguins that second year. But he almost won back-to-back. Uh, he's won everywhere he's gone, deep playoff runs. He's not hes not a new-school hockey coach. He wouldn't be the player's uh, buddy. He wouldn't be the player's friend. This is not like a new-age, modern hire at all. It's going back to the torts system, and, and or not torts system, but going back to a torts kind of just a similar coach, just a guy that's going to give a team a kick in the ass, which is what I really feel like they need, Jay. Like, I feel like they do need that. Um, There's baggage when it comes with him because of the harassment stuff. That came out after he left Toronto. And granted, it's not good. And he is, he did say, you could take the apology for what it was, but I watched the interview today. I don't remember, I didn't remember the interview when it happened. I watched it today. And yeah, you can't really tell whether he's, you know, meaning it or not. Uh, It's, maybe safe to assume that he doesn't, but even so, at least he acknowledges that he made a mistake. Uh, He does acknowledge that he felt bad about the way he treated Mitchell Marner in that situation. And um, I just think maybe, maybe it's possible that things are just blown up about this guy because of how long he's been in the game. NHL coaches don't usually coach at a team longer than three years. 
so like he's been doing it for so long at so many different levels that it doesn't I don't want let uh, to let a few uh, bad words about him overlay what could be a lot of positive words. Granted, I haven't seen a ton of like, hey, let's go get Babcock out of you know Columbus. But then again, Columbus fans were terrorized by the Red Wings for years. So I don't blame them for initially seeing Mike Babcock and being like, let's go get him. Um, I just think from a resume perspective, you lay out all the resumes. And we know that they've interviewed LaViolette. We know that they interviewed, they gave Paul Vincent a shake. Uh, you lay out the resumes, Babcox is way and above the others, just in terms of how much he's won. Um, has he done it in a few years? No, he hasn't. He hasn't done it since he hasn't won a, a hockey game behind the bench since 2019, probably even before that, when they were even competitive, like they like they like we know that the Leafs have been now. But all I see that is an advantage. This is a guy that's been sitting on the sidelines for a few years, thinking like Man, and he has property in Ohio. He mentioned that in that interview that he has farm in Ohio. I don't know if that means anything to Jackets fans, but I'm sure he feels somewhat close to the Blue Jackets, and maybe he feels like he could give this team the kick in the butt that they deserve, but maybe in a way that's more just softer, you know, if you will. I just look at – yeah, that's 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 a long spiel, but I just look at him and I and I still think of him as like – a good hockey coach like that. Is, he is a, he knows the nuts and bolts of a hockey team enough to, to take that, to make them competitive at least. Yeah, that makes sense. I do want to counter that. Uh, I just pulled up his coaching record. Um, Incredible. Like, so he's got 1,301 NHL games, 700 of those are wins like on paper. Good. One Stanley cup, 14 playoff appearances, uh, two, three Stanley cup finals. However, since the 2013-2014 season, when he was with the Red Wings, lost in the first round, lost in the first round, left Detroit, joined Toronto, missed the playoffs, lost in the first round, lost in the first round, lost in the first round, fired after 23 games in the 2019-20 season. It's been, a, it's been a long time since Mike Babcock has coached a successful team. Over a decade since he's won a playoff series, which is completely yeah. fair. That's fair. That's it's, fair to say. I don't, I don't know that you necessarily like. Yeah, he's he's got the resume on paper, but when the last time you made it out of the conference, uh, when you made it out of the sec, the last time he made it out of the second round uh, in not a lockout year, so he made the second round. Um, he made the third round in 2012-2013, but that was the lockout year where they only played 48, 48 games. 2010-2011 was the last time Mike Babcock made it out of the second round. It's a long time. And I think... I just don't think, I just don't think he's the right fit for where the team is right now. If the team was, like, a step away from contending... For the Stanley Cup, I see. I think they are, though. I think they are. I think the turnaround can happen that quick. I think they're going to contend for the playoffs this season. Contending for the playoffs does not make them a Stanley Cup contender. My my best case scenario for the Blue Jackets this season is make it to the second round. If you if you go and you hire Mike Babcock, that to me feels like an expectation that you are going to be a Stanley Cup contender. It does. It does, and he's going to expect that. 
right? I don't know. He's 60 years old. You know, does he have the time to sit around and, and wait and build this thing? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I can tell you he's four years younger than Torts. So I, he's, he's basically a Torts hire. This is like, it's the same thing in my eyes. Like this is a guy with light baggage. Uh, this time it's with players. Torts, it was with media. So it's like I, that can All make other customers depending on. Yeah, depending on who you ask. It's a guy with baggage. It's a guy who's won before a long time ago. I just, I don't know. I try to put myself. It's weird because I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not an NHL player, so I can't relate to those guys like that. But I just try to put someone who's 26 in that locker room who grew up a fan of of hockey, and I just think Mike Babcock walking into the room is going to deserve is going to earn my respect immediately, and I just. If he has changed at all since those days in Toronto, I want to give him a serious look if I'm Yarmo. If he's changed at all, like if he's the same guy that's you know going to come in and and every and you know strip the names off the back of the jerseys and I'm and he's going to physically abuse players and verbally abuse them uh, to an extent that is you know damaging towards mental health. Then no, I don't want that at all. Of course, I don't want that. That feels like a big. That's a big risk to take. It's a huge you know? risk. It's That's a huge a, risk. That is a, a like it's a it's a high risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things have got to fall into place here. You've got to, but Mike Babcock, Mike Babcock has to be a better person than he was four years ago. He has to be a better coach than he was four years ago. I just I don't know. It feels it feels like a lot of things would have to go the Blue Jackets way for this to be a sensible hire. And as we all know. The Blue Jackets never get things to go their way. And it oh. just, I don't know. To me, this feels like a hiring that is going to go bad basically immediately. And they've well, they've worked really, really hard to get rid of that attitude of people don't want to play in Columbus. People don't care about Columbus. And I don't know that Mike Babcock is going to want to entice free agents to want to come to Columbus or to stay in Columbus, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's certainly a lightning rod of a name, and it's it's a risk, uh, high risk, high reward, and it's just yeah, it's going to be crazy to see if if that ends up shaking out. But it's just crazy that we're even talking about it because he's been out of the game for three years. I didn't realistically consider him, but he's getting a shake, so it's something to consider. Uh, it could be worse, I guess. Like. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess it's better than Daryl Sutter. Can we agree on that? Like that guy's, oh, I, I don't know. Uh, like, you like Sutter? I don't like Sutter, but I don't know that Daryl Sutter has as much of the off ice issues. Fair. Like it's, it's a very, very small margin here. To me, it goes <laughs> yeah. of, of the, of the, like to me, the big three bad names here are Sutter, Babcock and Quenville, you know? Mm, yeah. Well, Quenville three, I would take Sutter. Quenville's not even Quenville. allowed to coach yet. Like, and then I would fire Joel Quenville into the sun. Yeah, so, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough one. I, I just, of all of the names that are out there, and like the, the three names that we're going to talk about today, mm-hmm. Mike Babcock, to me, is far and away the worst option of the three. Yes, yeah, so we will get to those shortly. I just want to remind you guys that if you're ever stressed out buying tickets for a game, you know, some big event, it's up to you. You're trying to plan, you're trying, you know, you're trying to get the concert tickets for you and your date. Uh, go to game time, save yourself the stress. I just bought tickets recently before I worked 
with Locked On and I didn't use Game Time. And I just looked at the Game Time app and I could have saved myself quite a substantial bit of money using the Game Time app. Uh, it's a great place to buy tickets for any event. I just looked up a NASCAR race. I didn't know for sure they'd have that. They have NASCAR races. So there you go. That's something that I like. You can go find yourself tickets to, I don't know, the, the Coke 500 coming up this weekend. Uh, but snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem LOCKEDONNHL for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets and the lowest price guaranteed. That's speaking from the heart right there because I just took a, a soft L. But, yes, we will get to more coaching hires right now or more potential coaching hires, I should say. And there was a certain name that Blue Jackets fans haven't seen in the list of interviewees. Or I guess we've also even seen that we confirmed didn't interview as a franchise. The Blue Jackets passed on Gerard Gallant, former Rangers coach. Who has some? Who spent some time in Columbus early on in his coaching career? Went to Vegas, took them to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, he was a popular name. Blue Jackets fans would have liked to seen him there. My, I can only assume Jay that maybe he just wasn't interested. But what were your thoughts when you saw that there was no interview that took place? Yeah, that one. That one surprised me because we all know he was basically, I think, in the running for the Blue Jackets job two years ago. Right up until he wasn't. Um, and so I don't know if it's that they've looked at kind of his body of work over the past two years with the New York Rangers, um, which if I can pull up his coaching record uh, last year. So 2021-22, they were 52-24-6, uh, and six, second in the division. They lost in the conference finals. This year, they were 47-22-13, third in the Metro, and they lost in the first round to the New Jersey Devils. Like, not terrible way better than Columbus's record the past couple of seasons. But I wonder if they've looked at how Gallant has, um, and this is kind of folding back into the Babcock thing as well, is the Blue Jackets have a really young team. Gerard Gallant doesn't seem to want to play the young guys in New York, you know, or if he did play them, it was like low minute and on random lines and just kind of thrown out whenever he felt like it. This team needs, for better or worse, this team needs someone that's going to play the kids because otherwise we're going to end up with, you know, Boone Jenner playing 30 minutes a night. And as we covered in the in the last episode, we love Boone Jenner. We don't want him to play 30 minutes a night. You know, we want to see Sillinger, Marchenko, Chinakov, Johnson. We want them to get more ice time. And I don't know that Gallant will give them that. And I wonder if, this is all speculation from me. I don't know what, went down. I don't know whether they reached out. Gallant said, no, thanks. And so it never got any further than that. I don't know whether they decided not to reach out. I don't know whether he reached out to them and said, hey, listen, I'm not interested, just so you know. But to me, I wouldn't have hated the Gallant hiring, but it makes sense that he's not being interviewed. Yeah, it um, it it shocked me that he wasn't interviewed I guess, like, I think he his resume matches uh, in similar fashion to, like, Peter LaViolette. Uh, so if Peter LaViolette was getting interviewed, I would assume that Gallant would have gotten interviewed, and plus he had been in Columbus before. So he knows, you know, the landscape of the city. You know, he knows what are the best areas, what are the not-so-good areas. Like, he knows those things. So it seemed like that would be a layup. 
maybe he just wasn't interested, which I wouldn't blame him. Maybe he looks at Columbus like, ooh, I kind of, you know, messed <laughs> that up. That, was, that, that yeah. was younger me. Like, ooh, I don't want to revisit that or maybe see somebody I, I know that I had a bad interaction with. I don't know. I would understand that. Um, again, we didn't see. Uh, did we see for sure? I don't know if the Blue Jackets said no or not. That would make me curious if it did. I'd be like, huh, why? Why are we interviewing Mike Babcock who hasn't coached in, you know, three years and this guy just coached the New York Rangers, you know, like I, um, anyway, so there's that, uh, he's not being interviewed. So that's all we know. The other guys that they interviewed, Peter Laviolette, we have our thoughts on him. Um, I don't know if he interviewed well, that's the thing that we all we have is just the list of people that we've interviewed and yeah, I don't know how the interviews are going. I would love to be on the fly on the wall on the in the office of someone, because I have no idea what kind of questions Kekalainen is asking them. And it's right. fascinating to me. Yeah, like the the concept of coaching is fascinating to me because you look like you can see. I've been lucky enough to kind of spend some time around a lot of very good UK hockey coaches, um, and it's always fascinating to talk to them about what do you value in a team, what do you value in a player. Like if you had the choice between these two players, which one would you pick? Which one would you give more ice time to? Things like that. And so, I would love, love, to know what kind of questions Kekalainen is asking these guys and also what their answers are. I think that's such an interesting thing that we are never, ever going to find out about. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I'd, I'd absolutely kill to be a fly uh, on the wall in those rooms. I think any Blue Jackets fan would, no doubt. But the first question I would ask is, on this team, which player sticks out to you on the roster? It's the first thing I'm asking each coach. Uh, I'd be curious to hear all their answers because, you know, I don't know. I mean, what would you, if you were being hired, what would you say to that question, Jay? Oh, if I was being interviewed for that for, for yeah. the head coaching job? I mean, like, Gaudreau's the easy one mm-hmm. to me. Um, he feels like the he's the most important piece. He's the best player by far. Um, I don't know that Laviolette is going to say that, though. I think Laviolette's going to look at a guy like Zach Wierenski and be like, him. That's who, yeah. that's who all of the power play offense flows through. That's who a lot of the transition game flows through. Um, Goudreau, phenomenal player. Um, and I, I keep thinking about, like, Goudreau didn't have a bad season, but in a stretch of the imagination. He was, like, four points off the Blue Jackets record for most points in a season ever. But he had 40 points less than he had last season, so, like, that's a disappointment somehow. Um I do keep thinking how good he's going to be this season if he gets a full season with a healthy Patrick Laine and a healthy Zach Wierenski on the back end. Um, so to me, I think just to kind of to flip that, I think my first question would be maybe something like, okay, here are the players we have. Put some lines together. Mm. Or I would ask, what do you think went wrong with the Blue Jackets last season? You know, like what, what would you have done differently? things like that. And I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to look at in regards to Pascal Vincent, who obviously was there last season and the season before, saw how Brad Larson was running things, was allegedly, again, quite far into the potential hiring process when they decided to go with Brad Larson. Uh, Vincent was a very, very late candidate that then stuck around for the assistant job. Um, He knows what went wrong last season. And in theory, he knows how to fix it. I know that looking at a problem and knowing how to fix it are two different things, but that would be my my instinct would be like, I think Laviolette is probably better at fixing problems, 
but I think Vincent is going to be easier at identifying them, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, so can we do top three before we move on from the coaching talk for today? Because sooner rather than later, we're going to have a name and we're going to have a guy and we're going to talk about his resume. We're going to talk about what his strategy is as a coach. You know, we'll maybe maybe even have an interview from him to roast him on his hair. I will say this. Babcock has nice hair, which if you shave his head, I might not be as interested in him. So I'm going to try to not let that sweet, luscious rock star hair cloud my judgment on him. Okay. But still, I got on what I'd hire now or what I think just purely based off resume. If I'm going one, two, three, I want, I do want Mike Babcock. I want Pascal Vincent second. And then I'm now down to Peter Laviolette third. So that's my three. See, I don't remember what I said last time. I think I said Vincent Laviolette. I think I said Ooh. Vincent Brunette Laviolette for my Bru- three. Yes, we had Brunette. Brunette but... is not being named at all in True. the in the conversation. It's disappointing. Which surprises me. It's disappointing. I would have liked to but... give him a shake, but yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I think I'm going to stick with my initial ranking. I'm going to go. I still think Vincent is going to be. Vincent is the most interesting name to me. Um, Laviolette second and then like way way down for me it's my Babcock I just I know I know that he's got the resume and I know that he probably will come in and say all of the right things and do all of the right things but for me I just I can't get past how how bad some of the stories that came out about him were and I just I don't want that near my team they've they've worked really hard to get rid of a lot of the the more I don't want to say toxic players, but I think there were some players where they had personality clashes over the past few seasons. Um, And I think they've worked really hard to get a group of guys together that like each other and have fun and enjoy the room that they're in. And I feel like adding a personality like Babcock is not conducive to winning games. Because that's the thing. You can you can sit there and be like, well, you don't have to be like to win games. No, but if you if you hate your coach, you're not going to play for him. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the Blue Jackets are going to want to play for a guy like Mike Babcock. So, and that and that reaction right there might be the reason that prevents him from getting the job. You know, he might be a good coach. He might be over all that stuff, but uh, he tre- he made certain mistakes along the way that if it's going to cause a fan reaction, and I don't know if Yarmo would go that way. Um, I'd be curious to see how he's testing those waters. I would love to be in a one of those groups, you know, so like you think he gets in a group of 50 Blue Jackets fans and asks them, you know, questions about how the team's doing. I don't know. Stupid. All right. Whatever. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to take a, another pause. And when we come back, a certain Blue Jacket did a very, very awesome thing in his postseason. We'll have that next. That player that I teased is a one Jordan Dumais who absolutely lit up the QMJHL playoffs this year and he got named MVP of the finals. No, nope. no. Nope. <laughs> nope. Jordan Dumais got regular season MVP. James Malatesta got oh, oh, MVP. So they both won MVP and they both have J names. So like I'll allow it. But yeah, James Malatesta won playoff MVP uh, had, I believe, 20 points in 14 playoff games. 
I mean, Jay was a lot more tapped in than me to this, but the <laughs> fact that the Blue Jackets have two MVPs, a regular season MVP, and a uh, is it a finals or just playoffs MVP for Malatesta? Playoffs MVP, but I'm going to double check that. Yeah. Either way, um, it's Quebec, right? Is who Malatesta. Quebec Rampart, yeah. Yes, yeah, he won the Guy Lafleur trophy, which is Ooh, the uh, QMJHL playoffs MVP. Yes. If you're winning a trophy with Guy Lafleur's name on it, like that feels like you're doing something real right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his coach is Patrick Waugh, so <laughs> you got that going for you. So yeah, yeah, that's always good. But um, yeah, I I think that's great. I think that's awesome news. I love to see Blue Jackets prospects flourish and win individual awards. It gets me really, really excited because it means that they're absolutely killing it amongst their peers, and I want them to, to keep doing that because. Eventually, they're going to be old enough to play in the NHL, and I want them to win individual awards at the NHL level because I'm a Blue Jackets fan. I'm not a fan of the juniors. <laughs> Malatesta, I think, is going to be a really fun name to keep an eye on this offseason. Um, he's, he's almost definitely going pro after the Memorial Cup, uh, which I've forgotten what the fourth team is. So it's going to be Quebec from the queue, uh, Kamloops, are hosting, so they automatically get to go, which is still such a weird decision to me. Um, the Seattle Thunderbirds out of the W, and I think it was the London Knights out of the OHL, but I could be wrong about that. I just typed, I just Googled Memorial and was like, why isn't it giving me what I want? Because you just typed the word yeah. Memorial in Google. <laughs> hey, it's a big weekend. That's, um, that's big here in the United States. Memorial weekend, you know, people are going to be... Yeah, shockingly, it wasn't, it wasn't super helpful. Um, I'm just going to... <laughs> it is the Peter Peets, not the London Knights. So ah, the Peets. Four pretty good teams. Four pretty good teams there. But, I don't know, James Malatesta, he's on a tear. If there's anyone that's going to have a big game, it's going to be him. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. Um, that's awesome. That is really cool. Uh, I'm going to pull up where he finished in, believe... in playoff scoring. In points? Well. Yeah. Yeah, Twenty. so 20 points in uh, 18 games. 14 of those were goals, which extremely fun. Um, he was 10th overall in playoff scoring. He was the second, had second highest uh, scoring on his own team. Uh, but he led, he tied for uh, the t- the league lead in all of the playoffs with 14 goals. Uh, one other guy did that, but needed 21 games to do it. A guy on the, the Mooseheads, um, who's a Red Wings prospect. So we love to see that. But Malatesta, great season, even better playoffs. Shout out to him. Uh, the Memorial Cup is next weekend? No. I don't know when the Memorial Cup is. <laughs> it's so hard uh, to. It's uh, on Friday. There we go. There's so much <laughs> hockey going on. So folks. we'll be we'll be rooting for Quebec and uh, Malatesta next weekend, and hopefully we'll get to bring you a very exciting update for Memorial Cup Heck champions yeah. after that uh, after that week. May 25th through June 4th, Memorial Cup. There you go. I've won it in Chell, the EA Sports <laughs> game, a couple times. That's all I can give you on that. But um, all right. That was a fun conversation about coaching. I hope you all, or I hope you, the listener, can digest that uh, and leave a comment on our YouTube page. You guys have been leaving some fire takes in the YouTube comment section. Keep that up. I, I learn a lot in the YouTube comment section. 
So that's all good. But tomorrow's episode is going to be fun because a certain player, a.k.a. Austin Matthews, uh, is not re-upping with the Leafs, or at least not yet re-upping with the Leafs. So we will hit that discussion tomorrow. Thank you all so much for listening, for making us your first listen every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and the SiriusXM app. I've been Hayden Heilshorn, and you can find me on Twitter at HaydenH971. You can find our co-host, Jay Foster, at underscore Jacob, F-O-R-S-T-E-R on Twitter. And then you can also find us uh, locked on Blue Jackets. I lost my screen to – there it is. We're on Twitter at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. And you can email us things, too, at – I got this last time. You can email us at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.